This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. We're talking goals, the year in review, and the off-season to come. Nick, how would you characterize your 2023? I think embarrassing. (laughs) It's probably the best word. I mean, I know it's kind of funny, but I, I honestly, that, that's the mo- that's the best word for, for my golf season. I still had a lot of fun out there. Um, I've, I have mastered the skill of being able to enjoy a, a, an atrocious round of golf, but at the end of the day, it, it's, it was embarrassing. You won the only golf tournament you entered, so your winning percentage is 100. That's that's also another way to look at it. You are the yeah. gross champion. I proved I don't I don't need to be able to break 100 to win a golf tournament. <laughs> that's that's embarrassing. Do you, did, did you not break 100 in the first round of the Corner Club Open? No. I think I shot 102. Is that right? I, I, Joe, I had I was in my pocket on like five or six holes. Do you remember how many I was I was I was either making bogey or or smashing out of bounds? Literally. No, I was too busy taking Roma's money. I don't remember. <laughs> the most birdies I make in a round all year is when I have a bet against Romy. That's so good. So good. <laughs> Love you, Brian. Hey, reminder, if you want to take some of my money, you should enter the Survivor Pool. It's the $10 winner-take-all. Pick a player each week to make the cut, starting with the Sony Open in January. If you want to enter, hit us up on social media. If you want a free entry, rate and review the podcast. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify with your best story of golf survival. We will pick someone on our first episode of 2024, and that person will get free entry into the Survivor Pool. Or just leave us a review. Or just rate us five stars. It really helps the show. We would very much appreciate it. So, Nick, I wanna I wanna keep some receipts. You know, we always we set these goals, we make predictions, we never really check it on how we did. So I figured we had a podcast at the start of 2023, goals for 2023, and I thought we would revisit them and see how we did while then looking to the offseason and maybe uh, something that we can work on before handicap season starts in the spring. Does that sound right? Yeah, sounds great. Okay. I will start with mine. Uh, I was able to do at least one of these. Um, This one, I was not able to do. So my first goal, which you mocked me for and said I would abandon in early March, was to lay up on more... Sorry, I can't even get through it. Lay up on most short par fours and par fives. And I was trying to talk about the situation specifically where I had like a 290-yard par 4, a 310-yard par 4, a par 5 when I'm 260 out, and I was going to lay up. I don't know if I did that once all season. (laughs) And I was coming off of the one-club tournament, which I have coming up again, and so I'm hoping to reinforce the fact that actually – you will score much better if you are 60 yards out in the fairway rather than out of bounds or leaving yourself with an awkward chip. And I didn't really do that. Now, I will say, the best round that I had all year, I hit three par fives in two. So, it's a very feast or famine prospect. I shot 72 one round. I don't think I broke 77 the rest of the year. So, my best round was like six shots better than my second best round in 2023. So do I take that extreme small sample size and say, well, that's the recipe for success? Or do I take a more conservative approach in 2024? I have to go with the latter, right? 
you don't have to take a small sample size because there there is an infinite amount of data oh, on golfers of your of your ability joe it's true like you can ignore it but the the data says you are all the strokes that it takes you to hole out is always less the closer you get to the hole now there are there are certain caveats like if you're in if, if you bring penalties into play yeah, if you bring catastrophic water holes. Into play, if you bring yeah. out of bound if you if you bring penalties and penalty strokes into play outside of that fairway rough doesn't really matter just get your ball as close to the hole as you can as you safely can and go from there like that there, there's no debate there's there's no like wishy-washy oh but i feel really good from 110 no it doesn't matter because your expectations from 60 are so much higher than they are from 110 that even like an average shot from 60 yards that you're like oh i only hit it to 25 feet you're probably hitting it from 110 you're probably getting to like 40 feet and saying it was a good shot you're always better off playing from closer to the hole take it from the guy who moved his handicap five strokes this year <laughs> okay i like that let's get to your first my first i think i did this one play more golf I, my goal was 30 rounds i didn't track the exact number of rounds i'm pretty confident i i got past 30 rounds that's great um yeah i i, I wanted to play every friday um, I, I pretty much did that. I mean, there was, you know, I was thinking that maybe once a month I wouldn't make a Friday round and there might've been three or four and most of them were like September or October where I, where I didn't make a Friday round. I was pretty, I was pretty, pretty consistent with that. I, I played, I played the, the golf I wanted to play this year. So I would give myself a green check for that. That's exciting because when you laid that goal out, I thought that was going to be difficult for you to obtain just because of the two little ones and working from home and. There could be any number of reasons why a Friday round wouldn't work out. Some, you know, asshole three-year-old gets your kid and your whole family sick, and then you're you're stuck inside the house for three weeks. But you were able to make it make it happen. So yeah, I mean that that stuff that that all happened, and it, it was really difficult. And I think I, I don't want to make excuses, but oh. I, I'd be interested to, to, to maybe console like a sleep expert. Uh-huh. Um, here, I know some people. Here's the thing. Because, yeah, 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 you do. Um, I, I I played most of my Friday rounds, but it was at the expense of, of a lot of sleep. Mm. And just my whole my life. I mean, our our, our one year old is does not sleep through the night, which which makes things hard. Because if I want to get up early on those days to get my work day in early, that was my whole plan is to start my work day at five a.m. on Fridays and, and and work like nine hours a day Monday through Thursday and get everything in. It becomes a lot more difficult to get up out of bed early when you've just got back into bed at 4.15 in the morning and the alarm goes off at 5. Um, I still did it a lot of times. But like you said earlier, your best round this year was five strokes better than all the rest. My Mine was the same thing. My best round was an 87. My next best round was a, was a 92 on a, on a course that was two strokes easier. So you're looking at seven-stroke difference. Yeah. The one difference between that the 87 and the rest, I was in Idaho, no family, three consecutive nights of good sleep. And I'm not saying that that I, I'm just curious how much of a factor that it's might a be. factor. I can't imagine it's a coincidence. Yes, yeah, it's it's definitely a factor. I I can't empathize with you there. Uh, the only time I don't get sleep is when 
I'm up late the night before and have an early tea time, but I'm only up late the night before. There's like a good game on. Yeah. There's a good game on the night before. <laughs> yeah, the Cougs are about to lose a three-overtime game, and I have to watch the whole thing. <laughs> it's something like that. Uh, by the way, is Idaho going to join the Pac-12? The, the, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. The Pac-3? Let's make an offer. I think we can broker this hey, deal. I'm sure we could. They're, they're, they're pro- they'd probably win it. <laughs> Next That's year. the thing. Like, what if what if Idaho wins the national championship and the Cougs and Beavers are like, you guys want to come to the Pack Two? And anyway, it, yeah, let, let's, let, let's let's talk to some people. Uh, my next goal, this one I did, and I'm going to keep this one going because I think it sets a good tone for myself. It sets a good tone for the group. People that I play with got used to it. Never pick up, always putt out. Technically, I believe I had one. I think I was a better putter this year statistically than I was last year. I think I was at like 33 putts around last year. I think I'm around 32 this year. I had my best putting round of my life this year. I had 24 putts in uh, the second round of the club championship, and it was like obscene how I was just making everything. Um, (laughs) I had like a 50-footer off the green that broke three feet. I'm not kidding. It was like a 50-footer off the green that broke three feet to to save a bogey, and it felt like making an eagle. It was was kept the whole round together. Um, and you know, I made a lot of long ones, but I do think that continuing to make the short ones really helped overall. Um, so it's something that I recommend everybody do. Uh, it's not like, look, none of you listening are good enough putters to pick up your putts at from, from any distance. Even if you're like two feet, make it because you're going to have a putt that you have to make for two feet and you're not going to have practice with it. Just make all your putts. There's no reason not to. It really helped me. I'm not trying to be a martyr or tell people how to play golf. I just think it's going to benefit you to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I kind of signed on to that too. I mean, I I, I really signed on to that. Um, I did a pretty good job. I, I won't say I didn't pick up a single putt, but I don't think I picked up a single putt outside of a foot. Like there might be Same. ones that that are just like yeah. hanging over the it, edge, and you know, exactly. Like, yeah, that, that's not really a putt. Um, but yeah, I uh, God, there must have been. I bet you no fewer than twenty times a, a playing partner who I had just met within the last hour trying to give me ridiculous yeah. putts that that I was. Just continue to do you, um, do you want it back? No, it's six feet away. Thank you. I'm gonna I wanna try to putt this. My next one was to eat a healthy golf snack. This is a great course. one. I, I, I was reminded how much I enjoyed this. I loved this one. I'm gonna give myself fifty percent on this. Mm. I definitely was all in for the first like two or three months of the year. Um I would I would plan for this in my grocery shopping the week before. Um but then I just, like any good diet, the, the, the first time you don't do it, you know, you never think about it again. Um, I think I envisioned this going a lot different too. Like, I think I envisioned like, like going up to the eighth tea box and eating like whatever, like a hard boiled egg. And then like, just like shooting 37 on the back. Um, <laughs> I got this protein in me now. <laughs> that, that never happened. Um it's still a good one. I like it. I think the, the biggest go-to thing was like beef jerky. Mm. Um, Cause it was, it's like, you know, there's not going to be a sugar crash. We're going to get some protein. It's going to be sustained energy. So I did that. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't really feel it made a difference. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, sad. whatever. And then it was, <laughs> it was, I felt sad a lot of times. So I just stopped doing it. Well, I do hope that you start making like a nice PB and J for yourself in the future. So you can take it out on the golf course. It does help to have something nice besides like some bullshit hot dog or a bag of chips or something like that. 
Yeah, uh, for sure. This one, I think I did, uh, I would say, uh, okay job on, but I really want to try to do better on in 2024, and I have some ideas of how I'm going to do it. Stop being so concerned with score. Quit worrying about what you're doing so much. Um, I think I got really score fixated, and uh, it, 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 it kind of, I think, ballooned my handicap up to the point where it got to double digits for the first time in a long time. Uh, fortunately, we were able to get it back down with some good rounds, but... I think stop being so concerned with score means stop going to the golf course with the intent of this round's going to affect my handicap. Just go to the course and like play. And if someone's like, hey, do you guys want to do a scramble today? Or hey, do you want to do this today? Or, do you want to play a weird game today? Just do it. Every round doesn't need to count for your handicap. Like there, there are rounds like in the normal course of a season, I commit myself to playing tournaments, playing some competitive golf. I'm going to try to do the mid-am qualifier next year. I'm going to do these things. So the handicap will take care of itself. Go out, have more fun, work on hitting shots, and the score will come, right? Stop being so fixated on, this is going to affect my handicap by a tenth of a point. You know, it doesn't matter. Just go play golf. Golf's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be so results-oriented. Yeah, and I think think that's how you actually start scoring numbers, not worrying about the score. So... Um, it's, it's, it's hard there. Speaking of not being concerned about score, yeah. my last one was to break 80. Um, oh man, this, this really, this really exemplifies the embarrassing tag I gave this, I gave this year. I only broke 91 time all year and in breaking 80, like I said, my, my best round was essentially seven strokes better than all the rest. And that was what I kind of anticipated when I set this goal, cause I was like, I only need to be breaking 90 consistently and then have that one really good round to, to have a chance at breaking 80. And I, I still believe that to be true, but God, I just don't know where my golf game got so off the rails that like, it was such a struggle to break 90. And, and it, every time I had a chance to break 90 with like four holes left, I immediately smashed two out of bounds. Um, so it was, it was disappointing. I still think it was a good goal. My head was in the right place. Um, I just don't think I went about it the right way. I don't think you did either, but I don't think it has to do with your uh, golf game per se. I think you need to I think you need to play a golf course that suits your game to build your confidence up. I think that's what it comes down to because you said your best round of the season was at University of Idaho, right? It was. Yeah. And it's a place you're comfortable, a place you enjoy, a place that sets up well for a lefty, frankly, because there's a lot of dog legs left and there's not like there's a shitload of trouble left on every single hole. And it's like you have the ability to miss and still score. I think you just need to do a better job of finding a golf course that suits your game. Get the hell off of that golf course with all the OB to the left, where basically you have to have a perfect driving round to even have an opportunity to have a good golf round. It's not like if your driving is off, you even have a chance at that point. And I think that really is a detriment to you. Yeah, for sure. The other thing about that that good round, because I – I kind of think about it now that we're going into the off season of like, what things can I replicate to play better? Um, that's where sleep uh, you know, might be important. <laughs> that, that'll help. Yeah. Um, but that round I played, I played with a friend, Matt Voorhees, and we put 20 bucks in the round and we both kind of came out playing well. So there was like, yeah. not like a lot. Like I didn't really care if I lost 20 bucks, but like it was enough to, to play for, but he was playing really well. I think I hit seven greens. Like I was just keeping it and play off the tee, hitting it a, a, a good, a good distance. And then, I don't know if I was just had like another level of focus, but I was just, I had a level of consistency where my game was at another level. And like previously when I've, when I've had good rounds, 
I've come off and been like, I didn't really feel like I did anything different. It felt like just my game, but just like things kind of went my way. But this was like, no, I felt like it was way different. Like I would hit shots and look up and like, it was just always heading right towards the green. Like there was, there was nowhere it was going to go except for like the middle of the green. And I was like, I don't know who's swinging this club, but it doesn't feel like me. Um, so that's probably not a good thing when like your best round feels, feels something that you can't just recreate all the time. But um I don't know. I'm trying to tap into that and see what I can replicate. Well, I do think that there's something that you um, sort of lightly touched on. I don't think it's necessarily the 20 bucks of the competition, but I do find that feeding off of the, your playing partner is when I always play my best. When I'm playing well and the people I'm playing with are playing well or they're playing well for themselves or keeping the ball in play or keeping some sort of rhythm where the pace is good, if there's like a positive momentum that you can feed on, then it's like, okay, I really have the opportunity to do something great today. Like the my really good round this year, my group wasn't necessarily playing spectacular, but we were playing at a good pace. We were having fun. It was a relaxed, good atmosphere. And other good rounds that I've played, I've been playing with someone who's been playing really well. There's just been a really good vibe. Like there's just some sort of aura that surrounds that really good round. Not that you can't play a really good round when it's slow or the conditions are adverse, but that is like a mentally draining experience. Like that really good putting round that I had, that was like a five and a half hour round where I was grinding my face off to, to shoot that 80 into really tough conditions. And that's gratifying, but it's way different to have a round like the one you're talking about with Voorhees where it's like, all right, I'm out there. Everything's going well. It's a very positive feeling. There's a competition, but it's not like we're both playing like shit and it's miserable and we're trying to just like grind it out. It's like, no, we're both playing really good and it's a very positive experience. And I think that is really helpful if you can put yourself in those positions. It's difficult to do because oftentimes it just comes up organically. Like it's tough to replicate that or go out to the course and say, this is what's going to happen today. But if you can find yeah, that. I'm going to hit every shot perfect today. Like, of course, <laughs> who wouldn't want to do Well, that? it's not so much that experience. It's just trying to have a good energy around what you're doing on the golf course. Like if someone in your group is being an asshole, which unfortunately I was maybe once or twice during the year, not to my group, but just down on myself to a point where you're kind of sucking the air out of the group. If you can just have a really positive, really fast, just sort of good energy around, I think you have you're you're having ripe conditions. Like it's not like you're always going to play well under those conditions, but I think it's going to set you up for success more often than it will otherwise. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And like I remember being on the 6th hole in that round and I I like topped one. And before he's made the comment like that's the first that's the first shot all day that that wasn't like a good like like a quality shot it was like a circus shot you know where like i call it a circus shot where it's like in the top or a shank or something that's like that's like that's just you know what a beginner beginner would do but everybody has those shots in every round but it was like every shot up until that point for for five five and a half holes was like center of the club face like going the distance you'd expect it to go just looked like a regular golf shot yeah yeah well i think that we did okay in 2023 we should we shouldn't beat ourselves up too much nick 24 is a new year. We will we will set some new goals when we get to the start of the year, but we're not officially in the off season yet here in, in Oregon, but we're 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 essentially in the off season. You're in the off season. Most of our listeners are. So I wanted to come up with a few things that we could work on to prepare for 2024 because now that the hard work of 2023 is behind us, we can start to prepare for 2024. And you know, I have a couple simple ones here. You you yours look, I don't know. There's a lot of like uh, 
Trackman words that I see on your list that start to scare me a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with my first one. I just want to fix my grip. I've never liked my grip. I think it's probably okay. But I think my grip and my setup are my two biggest issues that I have in my golf game. So I really, really want to fix my grip and my alignment. I just want to I just want to look good holding the golf club and when I see videos of myself, I think the swing is fine, but I just I I can't stand the way my grip is. It's just incredibly strong. I'm like underneath the club and I want to get more neutral. I want to get more on top. And that's really what I'm going to work on a lot in the next couple of months. Yeah, if you get a golf lesson, um, the, yeah. those guys, we'll see. Those professionals are, are, are really trained in, in those types of things. <laughs> that's the first thing they're going to look at is your is you know before you even take the yeah. club away, posture, grip, alignment. Um, so you know that might be a resource you could utilize to tap <laughs> when I get that. the golf lesson. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did put a lot of track man words on here. I, I don't really think like discipline and consistency are, are track man words. Oh, that's and, good. And fundamentals, but yeah, um, that's what I want. That's what I need is is some consistency. And my, my plan for getting consistency is, so I, I definitely have had a lack of discipline. So I, I start, I go into my garage, I hit some balls. I've got, I've got 15 minutes to hit balls. I'll hit three or four good ones. And then I'll be like, I should try to like fade it the other way. Or I should try to hit a draw. I should try to, you know, whatever. And I try to get like, I, I lack the discipline of just focusing on one thing. So I've kind of in my mind, I, I, um, I hate to even say this because again, it's, it's embarrassing, but I, I actually think I know a little bit about like what constitutes, what, what makes up a good golf yeah. shot. And so I, I'm just, I have created this hierarchy of like things I'm going to work on that are like your low point, like where the club is hitting the ground. So if I can get that down, like there go your fat and thin shots, um, face strike, like toe heel center. If I can get that down and pair it with a good low point, like I'm putting a lot of, ball speed into the ball. I'm getting a lot out of my swing. Mm. smash factor. Like it, it's that simple. I don't have to have a, a beautiful looking swing. If I can get the low point in the face strike, right. I'm going to hit good, good shots. If I can control the face angle and have like a, a relatively neutral face angle and a relatively neutral path, those, those shots are going to go straight. Like I just need to have a hierarchy where like, okay, if my low point is not good today, I'm just working on low point. If low point's good. Now I'm, I'm working on low point and, face strike and, and kind of build from there. And that's my plan to, that's my hierarchy for building some consistency and a strong foundation. So that does, if it sounds track Manny, that sounds track Manny. I, I see you shaking your it's head, not, but no, just, just to jump in. It's, it, it's not, it's not like a matter of um, it's, it's too track Manny. I, I just feel very ignorant to the things you're even saying or to how someone works on this stuff. And I guess that lends to, why I'm sort of afraid and, and why I have a fear of like the track man and things. And I'm, and I'm being sincere because I'm worried that there's so much that I don't know about how golfers optimize their swing at this point that once I start to do it, that I'm going to go down a rabbit hole so far I can't get back out of. I know that's like a really dumb fear, well, but that 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 is a I, lot of it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't have a plan built out, but I, I, I have a plan that's formulated. Okay. Ahead and I'll just, my plan is to make this very simple. So like to work on low point, I stick a golf towel behind the ball where I want my low point to be. And I, I, I swing without a ball and I swing to miss the towel, right? If I, if I hit the towel, the towel is going to go flying and wrap up around my club. If I don't hit the towel, then my low point was good. Okay. If I do that, I take Dr. Scholl's foot spray. We've talked about it on oh, the yeah. show before I spray it on the face. I start hitting some foam balls. I see exactly where my, where my face strike is, right? If that's good, great. I, if, if I want to move on to the next thing, you know, 
path. I, I've got a couple, you know, either an alignment stick that I can put over the golf ball. So I have to come from a, you know, a slightly into out yeah. path. If I hit the alignment stick, th- then my path is gone. So like, I'm not, I'm not getting crazy. I'm just using household items to confirm whether or not I'm, I'm doing the things I want to do. Um, and then face angle, like where is the ball hitting the sheet that's hanging off the rafters of my garage? I, I have a piece of painter's tape. That's like the center line. Is it going left of center, right of center or center. So I, I'm trying to keep it simple. I'm trying to keep these fundamentals. I, I'll probably build a plan for like how I'm going to actually go about doing these things. But in my mind, I'm like, these are the fundamentals that I think make up a good golf swing. These are ways that I know that I can train them and practice them. And if I can do that, and I should be able to build some consistency. And if I can build some consistency with the way I strike the ball, should not have to stress about breaking a hundred. Okay, so that makes sense because you have okay. you have a setup where you're going to be in your garage. You have specific tangible things that you can do, and then specific tangible responses to let you know if you're making progress or not. And you're going to continue to work on those what three or four things to put together this really concrete plan of like once I take this to the golf course. I should have a really good idea and understanding where worst case scenario, I'm going to be in the nineties, best case scenario, I'm going to be in the mid eighties. And if it all comes together, I should flirt with breaking 80. Exactly. Well, that sounds great. I love that for you. Uh, mine is my- <laughs> it's easy. To, it's easy to have this plan together with like two days. All, after I know, it all, it all, doesn't it sound great around Thanksgiving when you just have a, like a, a, a glass of scotch in your hand, like here's how it comes together in May of next year. Right. Like, how is this not going to work? I feel like I feel like the Cleveland Browns fan is like, we got the number one pick, man. We're, we're going to be good to go. It's it's it's, it's we're going to be fun. we're definitely picking the right quarterback this time. Why would I worry about what's happened the last 12 years? Like that's this next year is going to be different. Uh, I'm going to fix my grip and also just practice every 14 days. I'm just going to make a goal. <laughs> Once every fourteen days, twice a month, Joe's gonna get Joe's gonna get twelve practice sessions in all, all golf season. And I mean, on it, Nick, if if I hit balls, and I'm not kidding you, if I hit balls twelve times between Thanksgiving and February 28th, that is a dedicated off season in terms of getting out and hitting balls. I'm putting like crazy. I'm 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 in my office. I have okay. I, I have the practice putter. I'm I'm putting all off season. Like when there's a boring ass meeting that I don't have to be on camera, I'm hitting 50 putts from four feet. Like that's what I'm doing. But actually getting out to a driving range and like making contact with a seven iron and making sure that I still have it, that's going to be important. I'm also in this match play tournament that I was in last year where I have to play one match in December. And if I win, I have to play one match in January. And if I win and so on and so on, it continues into April. So that gives me a reason to try to stay sharp and build towards something. So I have like a thing out on the course that I'm going to try to do. I have my putting in here. I'm going to try to work on my grip and where I'm actually, you know, aligned in terms of getting the golf ball to start. And and that's going to be it. I'm going to try to keep it simple. I don't think I like, I like I'm that far away. I just think I've gotten into this habit of aiming too far left for a big cut and I should aim more neutral and just try to hit the ball straight. And that's what I'm going to try to work on in the off season, my grip, where I'm aiming and hitting balls every two weeks, keeping it simple. It's a good plan. I love it. Well, we will check back in periodically throughout the winter and we'll also make some real goals for 2024 hopefully we can go three for three this time i have some ambitions in 2024 nick but it's going to be oriented a little bit different I'm, I'm i'm excited for it where would you put the um the percentage of us playing the corner club open in 2024 right now if you had to uh if you had to give me an on mic answer um 
pretty good. Pretty good. I think if we want if we want to do the solstice thing, I think it's an either or. But I Whoa. think that potentially is still in play. Wow. Um, and I think if not, I think yeah, quarter club's in play. Wow. Okay. This is uh, this is encouraging news. Can I can I can I check back in uh, in a month and see where we're at? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you think you think that'll be the time? In in a month, we'll know a little bit more. Yeah, we got to do uh, obviously the solstice thing. There's there's a uh, more of a pressing you know timeline sure. timeline um, deadline. And if we don't do it in 24, I think we 100 percent do it in 25. Well, but I think we can do it in 24 potentially. Yeah, but 25 is an easy sell because you know we're both turning 40 within like a couple weeks of each other. So I think we can I think we can leverage that into something. It's, you know. That, that's yeah. true. If we can't, then we, we have some problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, great. Uh, before we get to the Mad Golfer, Nick, I do have, um, speaking of off-season goals, I wanted to get your advice. So I do have the one-club tournament coming up. I'm using the six-iron again. Um, again, I had, I don't, I don't know why I'm playing in this tournament, because I had the best I'm ever going to do last time. I, I ended up shooting an 85 with a six-iron on a golf course, which is, yeah, really good. Um, so I have the opportunity to play this golf course prior to the one club tournament, a golf course I know very, very well. I was thinking, look, let's just get out there and play a real round of golf. I don't need to go with the six iron all around the golf course. What am I going to do? What am I going to learn by hitting a six iron for four hours and then doing the same thing a week later? I was going to try to go out, just play a real round of golf, try to post one more score, just get out there. I feel like I'm overthinking the one club tournament by going out there by playing with one club. Just get out there and play around a golf and not think too much. What, what what would be your advice for me? Yeah, definitely. My advice would be <clears throat> play regular round of golf from from the tips, right? So you're gonna have longer shots into the greens that might simulate, you know, what a, a distance closer to what you'll have with a six iron tournament. Um, but play with all your clubs. Yeah. You know, I, I think you're right. Like, you don't need to you don't need to do the thing twice. The whole point of doing it once is because it's something different. Like, if you're, it's kind of silly to like train specifically for that. Yeah. I think you can get a lot of you know, if you're hitting four foot putts in your in your putting mat, hit a few with a six iron. You know, the week leading up, play the tips so you kind of have a feel for some longer shots into greens. Um, and there you go. I I think that's great. It, it, it may sound crazy, and this this probably speaks to some sort of extreme inadequacy in my golf game but i in in my office i'm automatic with the six iron from four feet and in like i literally cannot miss one it's kind of spooky um uh, some 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 something bad is going on in my game that i'm so good at it but that is that is where i'm at right now okay i guess you don't need that i guess you don't need that scotty camera i guess well too bad Lacey already bought it i think (laughs) (laughs) and with that we'll get to a very special edition of the mad golf for the week it's brought to you by piper golf two are quality golf balls at amateur prices get an extraordinary value using promo code turn 10 at checkout nick speaking of my grip my inspiration is this book right here recommended by justin smoot years ago in this podcast ben hogan's five lessons and i found this passage that i think we all can learn from. It's not a mad golfer of the week, but it's an opportunity to read a very small passage from this, which I think we can all benefit from. This is from Ben Hogan. Quote, I know that thousands of golfers console themselves with the games being an avenue to exercise and companionship, which is wonderful, but every golfer at the bottom of his heart wants to play the game relatively well. To do that takes some application, some thought, some effort, 
but the golfer who goes about this wisely will play good golf and should go on to enjoy golf increasingly the rest of his life. The greatest pleasure is obtained by improving. So in other words, you can tell yourself that you're just out there to walk around and enjoy time with your friends, but you want to be better. We all know you want to be better. Stop lying to yourself and get better. Improve your grip. Improve your golf game. Get Ben Hogan's Five Lessons. It's a very, very small book. It's like $10. It's a really fun read. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, that, that's perfect. Um, is that your resource for, for improving? There is 15 pages on just how to hold the golf club. Incredible illustrations. Yes, I am basically trying to copy Ben Hogan's grip, which is, I think, a pretty a pretty good place to start. Seems, seems pretty good. I think so, seems too. Legit. With that, it is now time for Nick Rules. Brought to you by Matchstick Golf. What a holiday present. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. I think we all saw that viral Twitter video a couple weeks ago where uh, Rory's ball ended up on a fan's lap. Um, <laughs> she and didn't want to leave. Walked up to her, he walked up to her like he was going to hit it off on her yeah. lap. Uh, it's it's almost like the uh, Happy Gilmore scene where the ball's on Frankenstein's The ball path, struck but, my foot. Uh, <laughs> so what happens in this situation? It seems to me like movable obstruction, which is an obstruction that can be moved with reasonable effort and without damaging the obstruction or the course. Um, that, that makes perfect sense. Relief, uh, when the ball is in or on a movable obstruction anywhere on the course, except the putting green, the player may take free relief by lifting the ball, removing the movable obstruction and dropping the ball, uh, in the relief area. So mm. basically grab your ball, mark, mark the spot, get her out of there, drop it back, free relief. No problem. The video is very funny. Um, if you haven't seen it, it was, uh, yeah, it was on the DP World Tour Championship event. It's in this lady's lap, and she's, like, sitting down, kind of afraid, but kind of excited. And uh, Rory's, like, because it's, like, like, she's wearing, like, a dress, and the ball is, like, resting, like, between her legs. And Rory's, like, can you toss that to me? Because he's, like, I'm not going to not gonna go down there and try to grab it. And then she kind of <laughs> sits there, and Rory's, like, well, you're, you can, you can, you can you can stand up now, and she kind of just stands there, and Rory's about to do his drop, and the rules official is like, "You are hereby dismissed." And then she's like, it's like, "Okay, time to go, time to go." But she was really like enjoying and milking uh, the moment. But so, Nick, what do you do when you hit into spectators? Is is this is this your protocol usually? It depends on the lie. Sometimes if if I like the garment that they're wearing, like if if the material is, is clean, sure. I'll just hit it off of them. I'll just pick it clean, make sure not, not to do any damage. Um, but, but if it's like kind of in a crevice, I'll, I'll just take, my no, it's off. smart. You have to have a precise ball strike. Um, <laughs> it's good stuff. And that is Nick rules. So we're going into December. Um, what do you do? Do you just like completely shut it down? Or are you just like all garage time or do you kind of wait for January? It just sort of depends on the schedule. Uh, mostly garage time. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll stock the weather app. If I get it, if ah. I get a, 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 an afternoon where we're going to have, you know, reasonable temperatures, the kids are going to be in daycare from kind of ahead on some Got stuff. Strike. I will, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be opposed to get out there once a month. It's mostly garage time working on things that I don't have to worry about. You know, if, if, if I make this move, am I going to shoot a million for a month till, till, till it you know, works in my game? No, I'll just go and, and try to work on the fundamentals, try to build some consistency. And if I get a chance to sneak out there, I'll, I'll take it. But um, I don't really get the itch until, until like mid-February. Yeah, sage advice. Garage time, but if you can sneak out, do it. Enjoy the end of your November. December is here. How exciting. 
I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.